We just have fabulous readers, do we not? I am moved sometimes by the different levels of this story as it's being read. As we're watching our Lord and our Savior betrayed into the hands of sinners. And yet on another level you can see he is allowing this to happen. There's another level underneath the story. Did you hear it? He has come to fulfill what the scriptures have said. At one point, he said, Do you think I cannot appeal to my father, and he will at once send me more than 12 legions of angels? And I want to say, oh, please send them. Lord Jesus, don't go through what you're about to go through. Even though it's to our benefit, what he is going to endure for us. He says again, I tell you from now on, you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of the power and coming on the clouds of heaven. This day when Jesus, Lord of Lords, King of Kings, comes back to us to bring us home. This is the pulse of the story for me. It, it, it's that moment that we just read that catches me every time, that moment when Jesus breathed his last. And when our eyes are so focused on that Mount of Calvary and what our Savior has gone through, that the, suddenly the news comes that way in Jerusalem, in the temple, in the very Holy of Holies, the curtain... That curtain has been rent top to bottom, torn asunder as he breathed his last. Oh, that curtain. That dreadful, horrible curtain. Do you know what it is always symbolized? Always. It has symbolized our break in relationship with God. He designed us in the very beginning to be in fellowship with him. His whole point of of creating us was to breathe the breath of eternal life inside of us. We were not intended to die, not intended to suffer as we suffer. No, no. His passion heart was for us to be in fellowship with him, to walk in the cool of the day with him, to be in communion with him. But because we were created in his image, he said very clearly, if we choose to disobey, as it says in Genesis 2.17, in the day that you eat from the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will certainly die. This is what sin does to us. It separates us. Can you feel it? When you love somebody and suddenly there's an offense between you, there's suddenly a break, and immediately you can feel the separation. The moment Adam sinned, Eve sinned, the moment it happened, they broke from each other and hid behind fig leaves. When the Lord came into the midst, they hid behind trees. It is what sin does. It rips us apart. We weren't designed that way. And so we were exiled from the land of life, the land of fellowship, the land of communion with the Lord to live in this place without him. 
Thanks be to God in his mercy, he provides a way back. Even the first offspring, Cain and Abel, Cain chooses to live life his way, as we're watching the entire world do today. But Abel heard by faith to know that if we're going to come, something has to happen. And the Lord showed him that if we just take an animal and the animal dies, that animal's blood will pay for us. What does that mean? It means very simply this. The Lord gave an opportunity for us And this is how that story matures in Scripture. For us to be able to take our sin, what we've done, our rebellion, and to take our hands and lay it down upon the animal and speak and confess our sins over that animal. So the animal bears our sin and then dies for our sin that you and I might be forgiven our sin and have access to the Father, access to the Son, access to the Holy Spirit, the fellowship of our God. As the story matures in Scripture, the Lord shows to Moses to build a tabernacle to build, which would later become a temple. And there the Lord would have his throne. He would have that place called the Ark of the Covenant and the Mercy Seat where the Lord God would reside in the midst of his people. And you feel, oh, praise the Lord, he's come to be with us. Yes, yes, he has, but there's a curtain that separates us. It separates us. It ever tells us that we're not in right relationship with him. And yet the Lord provided, as this story matures in Old Testament, that the high priest would be able to take that goat, that lamb, on the day of atonement, one day a year, and take the blood of that lamb, once the sins had been laid on it, once the lamb had died, take the blood of that lamb, one day a year, the curtain would open. The high priest would go in and dip the blood upon the mercy seat and come out and declare to all the people, your sins are forgiven. It's happened. And you think, there it is. We're being invited to have fellowship with the Lord. And that's why the commandment is to love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, to be in relationship with Him. And it's being in relationship with Him that we learn to be in relationship with each other. But as the scriptures mature even more, we realize that the blood of a lamb cannot do this. The blood of an animal can't represent us. And so the prophets begin to speak of one coming, Messiah coming. And as Mike, you just so beautifully read for us today out of Isaiah 53. Listen to the sound of it. Oh, the majesty of it. Surely he took up our infirmities. He took up our infirmities. He carried our sorrows. We considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. But, 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 he was pierced for our transgressions. Did you hear that? He was pierced for our our transgressions. The wonderful sound that the punishment that brought us peace, the punishment due us was upon him. And by his wounds we are healed. His wounds, by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. Yes, yes, but the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He took 
our sins. The Father took our sins in the Garden of Gethsemane. He laid it upon His Son. Your sin, my sin, all sin. Which is why the Baptist looked at Him and said, Jesus, you are the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Friend, do you believe that? Yes, yes, oh. This is what he's come to do on this cross of Calvary. No, no, it's true. It's true. The whole world of darkness is coming upon him. Yes, but he's allowing it to happen. Why is he allowing it? Because he's come for you. This is his love for us. He's come for me. And he dies upon that tree of Calvary. And you think, well, there it is. I mean, it's, it's all history. Is it not history? But do you know what happens at that moment? This is why he came. This is what we've been longing for, what we've been waiting for. That curtain that spells the divorce, that spells our divide, the separation of us from the Lord and from each other. That curtain is ripped apart. Top to bottom. Not bottom to top. From heaven itself, when Jesus said it is finished, he meant it. And I won't tell you what happens on the third day because that, we'll save that news for next week. Although I very much suspect you might know what happens. And you know that when he ascends to his Father, he pours out the Holy Spirit to us and tells us the news. Go tell everyone the curtain is opened. Forgiveness of sin is proclaimed everywhere. Tell them to come home. Be an ambassador of reconciliation. Do you know, I grew up with this, but I didn't understand it. I grew up in the church, and every Sunday we did this, 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 this. But it was dead ritual to me. I didn't understand it. It didn't pierce my heart. But one day when I was in college, I was so hurt, so grieving, the loss of my family. I was living in utter separation from God for my family. My mother had died when I was 16. My father took a job in Europe. My brother and my sister, they were older. And I was tossed into a, a boarding school and off to college. And I hurt inside. I felt so lost and so alone. And I was afraid of relationships because if you get into a relationship, what happens if somebody dies and you go through the pain again? This world today, we're all living in that kind of isolation. Nobody really sees us. Nobody really knows us. Nobody really understands us. And that's where I was. And a classmate, he saw me looking just horrible. And he said, you and I need coffee. Bad. He told me how Jesus Christ changed his life. It wasn't dead ritual. That what Jesus did was was meet him in the, in the darkest places of his life. That Jesus took him to Calvary and let his blood wash over him. The blood of Jesus. Coming out from behind our tree. Just as it says in the Bible, walk in the light as he himself is in the light. And we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. He said, Dad, that's what you need. And he taught me to pray. 
he brought me into a church family that wasn't a dead church family but people who had come to know Jesus I couldn't understand it and it just felt like my sins were so real and the pain of my of my life and it's just so hurting and he just said that I want you just simply to begin to pray oh Jesus oh Jesus would you hear my confession would you hear that I'm sorry for what I've done the resentment I've caused, the hurt to others that I've done, for the pride I've taken in always saying I'm right, I'm right, and justifying myself. Would you forgive me? He just said, ask Jesus to come and wash you, cleanse you, and make you new with born-again life. So I just began to pray, and I went to church, and I began to pray. There came a day when I was taking a walk out into the, into the local park, and suddenly I just felt the presence of the Lord, just that sweet presence of Jesus. Not here, but I knew facts about him. Began to save me and forgive me and bring me to himself because the curtain has been opened by the blood of Jesus. The way it says it in the Bible is, therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that is opened for us through the curtain, a new and living way that's opened for us through the curtain. We have confidence we can come before Jesus. We can receive this new life to ourselves. This past week, a man came to me. He was uh, a counselor. We needed counsel. He was weighed down. He was so weighed down with the sins of his life and what he had been doing. Things that were hidden in darkness and secret in sins that were just, just ugly inside of him and he couldn't bear it anymore. He said, I don't know what to do. I've, I've not been able to get out of this. And guess what I got to do? Guess, guess, guess. I got to take him to the cross of Calvary and let the blood of Jesus just come over him and then take him to the Father, because the curtain is open. And so we will take the bread into our hands and say, this is the body of Jesus given for you. This is the blood of the new covenant, shed for you, shed for many, shed for you for the forgiveness of your sin. That you and I might know that Jesus has come to save us, save you, save me. And that we might go out filled with the Spirit of God and tell people, come home. The curtain's open. Isn't this life hard? Isn't it difficult to understand? I know we're living in Polly's Island and it's all pleasures and all kinds of fun and if you're really down, go play golf and go swim on the beach. I get it all, I get it all. But you know it doesn't satisfy, don't you? 
There's something deeper inside that we need a Savior. And that's what this week is about. That's why Lent is carved out to be a time to reflect and have self-reflection, self-examination. Lord, show me my sin. Show me where I've hurt people. Show me where I, I need to go and say, I'm sorry for what I've done. Show me. Show me my pride. Show me my arrogance. Show me my jealousy. Show me my sins, Lord. Humble me that I might come to Good Friday and know what you've done for me on my behalf. And would you wash me in the blood of Jesus? Would you cleanse me, Lord? And restore me into fellowship with you and fellowship with my brothers and sisters. Even me, Lord. Would you kindly rescue me? In Jesus' name.